YouTube, what is up? I'm Aries. Welcome to my channel. Keep it a buck. And for the listeners listening to the audio audio version only, um, this is a special episode because this is the first time this is video or podcast video is on YouTube. So this is a big deal for the podcast and um, you know the keep it buck the keep it a buck podcast in uh, in general. So uh, definitely excited. Um, if you guys are just fans of the audio audio version. Uh, the Keep It a Buck podcast is on Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcast, but you can also find me on YouTube now. Um, so yeah, here to do a breakdown of UFC 277 that just happened yesterday. Um, you guys know uh, I usually have my co-host Trident, who does the other, you know, is my partner for these MMA uh, episodes that we do on the podcast, but he's busy. He's a busy man, so it's just me alone. Uh, breaking down this card, recapping this card. So it's definitely an exciting one. I think people uh, were kind of shitting on this card when they saw it on paper. But this card, I think, blew off expectations of, of MMA fans. And uh, it definitely exceeded the expectations that everyone had for this card. Uh, prelims delivered. The pay-per-view card was really good, I thought. and. Um, yeah, but let's get into it. Um, if you guys want a more of a feel for me as a host and my brother Trident, we do have episodes uh, on the podcast, of course, but you would have to go listen to that on Spotify. And then, um, yeah, you know, just get a, get a feel for us as as fans and MMA fans and, and the knowledge that we have of the sport. Uh, me and my brother Trident have been watching this sport for, I mean, 12, 12 13 years maybe more. So we're, we definitely have been fans and uh, we decided to start a podcast uh, about a year and a half ago and it's, it's been doing good, but I think it was time to take that step and put it on YouTube, get video out. And uh, this is the first one. And I'm just so happy that we are finally on YouTube with the podcast and with the MMA episode. So let's get into it. We got um, an exciting pay-per-view uh, event to break down that just happened yesterday. UFC 277, uh, Juliana Pena versus uh, Amanda Nunes 2. Um, man, I, I think no one expected this fight to go five rounds. Um, if you did, you lying to yourself. <laughs> but uh, I mean, going going into the fight, right? I knew Amanda was entering this fight healthier. Uh, she said she had a leg injury going into that first fight. Uh, wasn't her, uh, wasn't a hundred percent so. I don't know how much stock I put into that excuse, if you want to call it an excuse or like, uh, you know, whatever. But, um, but you know, of course, she, you know, she was on that revenge tour, getting her belt back uh, in this rematch fight. Um, I did pick uh, Juliana Pena to win this. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, I did. I was riding high, just based off her confidence, and you know, her, the confidence of beating Amanda in the first fight. Um, you know her confidence that she built that she was able to trade stand and trade with Amanda in that first fight, eat some of her punches. Um, I just thought Juliana Pena felt what, what it was like, you know, and I think she experienced a lot in those two and a, you know, half one and a half rounds of uh, fighting Amanda in that first fight. I think she experienced a lot, um, but she just had this strong will and she just had this confidence about her that I, I, I believed in and thought she was going to do it again. 
But um, you know, you know, just the way Pena finished Nunez in that first fight, I, I thought her, you know, I thought the way to win this rematch for Pena was to win on the ground and win in submission the same way she she finished uh Nunez in the first fight. You know, I thought she would be uh I think she just needed to be more smarter in her entries and entering that that uh closing the distance, entering reckless. Uh I know Pena can get reckless with the way she was throwing. The way she does throw in many fights and uh you know getting getting in the clinch and taking it to the ground. I thought I thought that was the way for Pena to get the get the fight but um you know getting to the fight now you know right out the gate we saw amanda be patient uh even though amanda had pena hurt multiple times in this fight amanda knew she was the stronger fighter she had the power to end it end this fight whenever she wanted to but i feel like amanda wanted to end this fight um I, you know, I, I feel like Amanda, if she wanted to end this fight, she could, but, um, but I think Amanda wanted to prove the point that I can go five rounds. I, I can weather storms. I can correct the mistakes I made in the first fight. And, uh, I'm not going to lose my cool, go off the rails, just go balls to the wall with, you know, throwing reckless and being reckless and, and striking. Um, Amanda was much stronger in every aspect of this fight. Uh, but Pena almost caught uh, Amanda in an armbar. It was a really, really tight armbar. Uh, it gave me flashbacks of the the John Jones and Vitor Belfort uh, main event fight at a uh, UFC 152. If you guys haven't seen that one, John Jones almost lost his belt to Vitor, getting caught in an armbar. But uh, you know, uh, Amanda escaped and continued to the ground and pound and. You know, Amanda looked confident in Pena's guard. Even though almost getting caught, she went back to it and dominated dominated on the ground. Um, one, well, one second. Um, there, the, you know, there was a moment in the fight where that was just so frustrating to watch. Uh, Amanda landed this. Amanda landed the same right hook three times in a row on Pena. It was like a it was like a hook, it was like a short hook, but she landed the same punch on Juliana Pena three times. And all those three times, Pena hit the ground every time. Uh Pena rushed in with punches overextending and leaving her chin up in the air, as she always does. And that right hook, that short right hook, was just catching her on the, in the on the temple of, of Pena. Um putting her down every time. And I was so just frustrated watching that. I was just wondering if, when was Pena going to make this adjustment to stop entering like this, you know, uh, you know, I, I feel like that was the desperation. Maybe uh, Pena kept on overextending on her punches and was a bit reckless with her entries. I, I know that she worked many times, um in her career uh, i know that's i know that her that fight style has worked a lot in her career but if you have you, you know if you have to, like to known that amanda was coming in this fight better and more prepared 
I was just wondering why would you keep going back to this, uh, you know, reckless, almost like um, striking, if you want to say, for Pena. Um, Pena was landing her straight punches as well. She landed some solid shots on Amanda. As you could tell, Amanda was wearing some uh, bruises on her face. Um, but she did, she did good. She did really good countering at times, but when she pushed forward, it became like a bad habit for her overextending, leaving her chin up in the air. And it made it easy for Amanda to come almost, you know, lean back and just do some countering of her own. So it, it was a frustrating night to watch, you know, um, Pena was doing good if she if she was just more patient and maybe fainted more to make Amanda come and uh, maybe making Amanda come more forward and then she be the more counter striker and land her straight punches. But um, Amanda looked great, even though she ate shots. Fought, she fought through some adversity. Uh, she overcame a lot and reclaimed her bantamweight title. And you know. Again, becoming a double champ and uh, never been done before. So it's another uh, achievement for Amanda Nunes. Um, so what's next for uh, these two fighters? Um, you can definitely run this one back for the trilogy fight. I think a lot of people are saying that, and that's probably the favorable thing to do. But... Um, you know, just thinking about it, I am not a fan of that idea of the trilogy fight with Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena. Uh, I get it. They're one and one, but Amanda has looked dominant in both fights until the time she got, you know, uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic. She wasn't looking the same. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't get that word out. But she just started acting like not herself. Um in that first fight and that, you know, she started fighting away. She's never, she never has in, in the first fight. And that led to her getting rocked by Pena and taking her down and getting her, getting the submission win for Pena. And I don't, you know, I, I don't, you know, Pena is the only one to take Amanda shots and, you know, have the, just be so brave to stand up towards Amanda and just be willing to, you know, trade and and fight with amanda you know a lot of a lot of amanda's opponents usually crumble after the first time being touched by amanda nunez in any fight so it's definitely good to see someone stand up and fight back right against amanda nunez but um amanda amanda has another trilogy fight that she can settle and this is one that i love in a fight that I want next for Amanda Nunes. It's a trilogy fight with the women's flyweight champion, champion uh, Valentina Shevchenko. Uh, I believe Valentina won one of those fights against Amanda. Uh, judges didn't see it that way. That's why Amanda is 2-0 versus Valentina. But those were very close fights. That's a trilogy I want, especially with Valentina running through the, the women's flyweight division. Even though her last fight was, you know, debatable with uh, Talia Santos, uh, I, I like that trilogy fight more than uh, the Pena one. 
So I'm ready for the the two divisions to clash with the flyweight and bantamweight uh, women's divisions, and uh, I'd like to see uh, Shevchenko get that trilogy fight. Okay, on to the co-main: um, Kai Kara Franz versus Moreno, or uh, Brandon Moreno. Two was the co-main of UFC 277. Um, you know, going into this fight. Both fighters have grown so much since their first meeting in 2019. Their Moreno, where where Brandon Moreno won a decision, but I thought Moreno's volume was going to be still in this fight be trouble for Kai. Uh, Moreno throws his uh, Moreno throws his first intentional strike, and then it's what follows after that first strike is just two, three, four more strikes that that land on so many different levels, the head, the body, the leg, you know, uh, Moreno just throws so much volume at you. And, uh, I thought Kai, even though he has improved since their first meeting was, you know, I feel like he needed to, uh, lead the dance in this fight. I thought he needed to lead the start first with the strikes. Um, but it's just the volume thing with Moreno that I thought was still going to give Kai Car France more uh, problems in the in the rematch. Um, I felt like uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Anyways, we'll get into the fight. Uh, so Kai, you know, starting the fight off, came out wanting to damage the lead leg. Uh, Kai threw a like a a good amount of, of, uh, leg calf kicks out the gate, um, of, uh, throwing, throwing the calf kicks towards Moreno. Uh, Moreno usually fights with a wide stance. So I think the older stance of Moreno could, of, if it showed in this fight, I think Kai would have landed more of those shots, those calf leg kicks. But, um, I think with the camp change of, or not camp, but maybe camp and coach change of Moreno um, teaming up with Kraus, uh, maybe help Moreno's stance. I mean, you know, help help Moreno's with the stance, and you you could tell that Moreno's stance wasn't so wide. It was he shortened it up a bit, and it made it easier to it made it easier for Moreno to pull his lay his lead leg back and defend a lot of those calf kick, a lot a lot of those calf kicks but uh moreno made it hard for kai to uh find his rhythm and get it get into you know get off any solid punches uh kai landed punches but his base was off it was a bit off balance you know trying to find uh moreno's chin but you know moreno's so just well he just flows well defensively um, moving his head, he's always moving. So it is really hard to get a gauge on where Moreno is a lot of the times. Um, you know, that was rounds one and two, but, you know, actually in the third round, actually had Kai winning the round uh, before Moreno finished him off. Uh, Kai was really having a strong round, landing hard, significant punches, but Moreno really extended and launched himself for that body kick that landed to uh, Kai's liver and did damage and put Kai put Kai down for the, you know, to finish the fight. And, uh, you know, Moreno gets the win, the TKO win in the third round. Um, you know, just an impressive win for Moreno. And, 
And, uh, you know, what's next for Moreno? I think we all know. Uh, it's it's that uh, Figgy, uh, it's the Moreno versus Figgy, um, Figueredo fourth fight for the title. Um, it needs to happen. It should have happened instead of this fight, I believe. But, yeah, it's time. Brandon Moreno versus Davison Figueredo for uh the flyweight championship um for kai car france i think where he goes where he should go after this is maybe revenge his loss versus uh brandon roy val um i think roy val is coming off a loss too i think i believe uh could be i could be wrong but i think that's uh that's a good fight for Kai Car France to go is just revenge that Roy Val loss. And yeah. Um, okay. Next fight. We got the Houston native in uh, Derek Lewis versus a uh, Sergey Pavlovich. Um, Man, this was a tough loss for uh, Houston's own Derek Lewis. Uh, this is uh, Derek Lewis's third loss in Houston. First, it was gone. Then it was Taito Ivasa. And now it's uh, Sergei Pavlovich. Um, I thought this was a was a favorable uh, matchup for Derek Lewis. You know, even though he was the underdog, I wasn't get I wasn't that high on Pavlovich. But if Lewis wanted to show off his wrestling or any type of wrestling that people may think he has, um, I think if Derek Lewis wanted to showcase his wrestling to the MMA world, this was the fight to do it. Um, just to test the takedown defense of Pavlovich. Um, I don't know how strong it is or how good it is, but I think this was the fight to kind of test the waters of that. But I knew Derek Lewis was at a big uh disadvantage in the reach um so either way lewis had to close distance uh so it made sense for him to close distance and hopefully get in the clinch and hopefully get a takedown maybe to see if you know lewis has this uh you know <laughs> this wrestling that people talk about sometimes or wish he showed um yeah so i thought this was a, a fight to do it but that wasn't the case, and we got the good case uh, of Dirk Lewis uh, swinging and banging, and he was definitely on the uh, bad end of that exchange. Um, you know, within the exchange, Pavlovich comes with a right or a left. I think it was a right, and it just clips the chin of Derek Lewis. And, um, yeah, Lewis was on skates, uh, had him hurt bad. Uh, Derek Lewis face plants and, you know, the ref stops the fight, but, uh, Lewis popped up and was arguing to the ref that it was a bad stoppage watching it live. I agreed with the stoppage. Um, you know, Lewis did the face plant. I thought it was done, but when the ref stopped it, he popped up like everything was okay. Arguing his arguing the stoppage, right? So he seemed fine. I mean, he still wobbled, but, you know, he seemed uh, uh, enough 
at conference uh, to, uh, you know, argue with the ref, of course. But in the replay, Pavlovich didn't land the as many punches as I thought he did. So Lewis could have been okay. But I get it. It's a, it's live. You know, a lot is going on. And the ref thought it, it was over. So the ref called it. So I'm I'm not mad at the stoppage, even though watching the replay, I didn't agree. But it is what it is, you know. You be in that position and see what you do in the in the ref's position, okay? Like not everyone's Herb Dean, not everyone's gonna let the fighters just take unnecessary punishment if you know it looks like it's done, you know. So Anyways, um, what's next for uh, Sergei Pavlovich coming off this uh, impressive win, the best win of his career so far? Um, I love the matchup with uh, with Volkov. I, I think Volkov is a great test to really see if your skills are ready for the top uh, echelon of the heavyweight division. Uh, both fighters have a you know long reach. They're they're big heavyweights. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a good fight. Um, it will definitely prove uh, a lot of the MMA fans a lot if uh, Pavlovich can get through uh, Alexander, Alexander Volkov. Um, for Derek Lewis, I, I I think this fight makes sense for Derek Lewis. I I do like a fight with the uh, Jarzinho Rosenstrike. Um, both coming off losing streaks, it will show who still has, who still has the, the hunger to compete at the top of the, uh, the, uh, to, to compete at the top of the division and the loser, you know, we'll see if they possibly are on their way out of the rankings of the, of the, of the division or, uh, see who's going to make their way out of the top 10 of this, of this division. So, um, I like the matchup for uh Derek Lewis against Rosenstrike, so I think it, it works both ways for Jarzinho and Derek Lewis to fight. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, let's move on to the next fight. We got Pantoja versus uh, Alex Perez. This was my um. This was my uh, pick for the fight of the night uh, before the card started. Um, you know, going into this fight, this was a tough fight for Perez to come back to. Coming off two-year layoff, so I was excited to see if we were going to see uh, a new Perez, to see what he looked like after two years off, and see if he learned anything new or new tricks, anything in his arsenal that he might have added. But... um yeah, to come to come back though from a two-year layoff against one of the top dogs in the flyweight division and Alexandre Pantoja just he has beaten the two fighters in the co-main event with Moreno and Kai Car France. And you know, with Pantoja getting older, you know, he really needs to and really surge for that title shot now. So he needed to pull off a dominant performance in this fight to really show that he's ready for that title fight. And he did just that. Um, you know, Pantoja starting off this fight. Okay. Before we get into the fight, I want to get into the walkouts because this might have been the best 
two walkout songs that I've ever heard back to back um coming in come coming to this fight. So Alex Perez comes out first to uh Notorious B.I.G. Juicy and Pan- Al- Al- Alexandre Pantoja comes out to Many Men by 50 Cent. I mean, come on. That 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 might be one of the, the two like, you know, back to back walkout songs probably the best back to back walkout songs I've ever heard in my life. So, anyways, let's get back to the fight. And uh, you know, Pantoja freaking literally walked through Perez literally. He Pantoja walked forward getting punched, landed his own punches, but Pantoja closed distance uh that way, you know, eating punches, giving punches off, but Pantoja closed distance very reckless and got a hold of Perez. Perez tries to scramble, but you know, in that scramble he gives all he gives uh Pantoja his back and Pant- Pantoja was all over it. Um gets the back of Perez, gets the body lock. And once that happens, I knew this fight was over for Alex Perez. Um, you know, a fun stat. Um, well, I'll just fin- uh, so Pantoja gets the body lock uh, and, you know, he gets the back of uh, Perez and really cranks on the neck and the chin of Perez and uh, gets the standing rear naked choke in the first round. And this is all like, a minute and a half of the fight. So um, this, this was the way I saw Pantoja winning this fight by submission, but I didn't know it was going to happen this soon in, in the round one, you know, um, you know, but you know, this is the, this is the stat I, w- I wanted to say in Perez's career in Alex Perez's career in his seven losses, he has been submitted five times. You know, and I think it's more of, you know, in the UFC, it's just more of those 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 little mistakes that he makes in the scrambles getting caught, maybe leaving too much of his neck exposed. And um, yeah, it's just one of those cases, man. He got caught up um, trying to scramble, trying to turn out of a scramble. And, um, you know, but when you have someone who is just as skilled in uh, BJJ like a Pantoja, you know, it's very hard to slip up, you know, like not make those little mistakes uh, for a master class of, uh, you know, Brazilian jiu-jitsu like Pantoja displays, you know. So, you know, just a ma- just a, a very beautiful, you know, performance from Pantoja to get this kind of win on the main card of UFC 277. So people – Definitely tuned in and watch this fight, and they know who Pantoja is now. I feel I feel like Pantoja doesn't uh, isn't really in the you know in the eye of the fans much, or he's very kind of forgotten because he doesn't you know talk a lot, or he's really under the rug. But he has the wins, he has the resume to show off, and I think he just needed to get in front of a crowd like this like a and perform like the way he did and just get the win like he did uh it was exciting for how long it was but pantoja now many more know who alexandre pantoja is and uh yeah so um let me get one more drink hold up okay what's next for pantoja pantoja should be getting the winner of 
uh, Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo. Uh, that should happen. Um, you know, he has a win over Moreno already, and he lost to Davison Figueredo back in 2019. But riding a three-fight win streak, Pantoja deserve, deserves to wait for the winner of that fight. And he deserves his title shot, man. He did, It's time for Pantoja to get that shot at the flyweight title. Um, but for Alex Perez, um, you know, since he has been away for two years, there's been some change in the, in the division and some fresh faces in the division. And, you know, I think the flyweight division is making some noise right now. I think it's been exciting for the past, uh, few years, you know, the, the flyweight division has really made a, a great comeback. Cause I think people kind of rid off this or kind of wrote off the division after mighty mouse left. And, you know, um, Suhudo kind of left the, the division as, as well and left. Uh, I think people thought the flyweight division was just going to crash and burn, but, um, it's alive and well, and then probably only getting more exciting. So, but anyways, um, Alex Perez, I think Alex Perez should be looking to rebook the fight with Machinel. Uh, that fight has fallen out like five times. It's like the uh, Khabib and Tony uh, Ferguson fight that just never happened. This fight has never happened. It's been rebooked. It's been uh, canceled and rebooked and canceled and rebooked, uh, you know, a lot. So I think they should try to do that. Uh, Alex Perez versus Machinel. And uh, yeah, go from there. Okay, the last, the fight that opened up the pay-per-view, Magomed Ankalaev versus Anthony Smith. Um, Man, uh, I picked picked Anthony Smith to win this fight. Uh, I thought it would be easier for him to make this a dirty fight almost. Uh, Not dirty, but, you know, kind of make Ankalaev uncomfortable and, uh, you know, make him slip up. Um, Smith was very welcoming to being a counter fighter in this fight, but couldn't really get into distance to land those punches or um, land effective punches at that. But, uh, man, Magomed Ankalaev, he is just so – he just keeps everything close, right? His – his guard and when he's striking, he's just so fundamentally sound. He keeps everything close. He, you know, he won't he won't wow you with the strikes he throws, but still has solid power in his hands. He has great kicks. Um, I think his I think his kicks are very underrated. Um, but along with that is a very strong defensive uh takedown defense, you know, and not bad in the grappling aspect of things as well. But uh, in this fight, Smith hurt his leg or ankle in this fight. Uh, he tried to continue the game plan, you know, with the injury that he he had in this fight. But with that injury happening, uh, I feel like he kind of got desperate. And I think he needed to, you know. You lose a leg or you lose an ankle, you lose the mobility to do things. And... Uh, you know, he's just desperate for a takedown. And I did a great job defending and getting out of Smith as a butterfly guard and, you know, ground and pounded his way to victory. Um, and Goliath looked like he got untouched really in this fight. 
and he looks fresh to uh you know fight at the end of this year possibly um but uh for Ankalaev uh is definitely a you know he's definitely in the light heavyweight uh t- title talks now you can't deny the you can't deny this guy anymore but I, I feel like the UFC will feed Ankalaev one more fight before fighting for the belt uh I know Yuri got on social media and wants to f- give Glover his his rematch but if that happens I think this will set up a uh, Jan Blachowicz versus a uh, Magomed Ankalaev and um yeah that will determine the number one tender for the light heavyweight division um Anthony Smith you know I think Anthony Smith you know after the recovery maybe if things line up recovery wise and the return up Okay, if things line up for, you know, the the timing of Anthony Smith's recovery, and if this fighter that I have in mind for Anthony Smith's next fight, if these things line up with the fighter's return and Anthony Smith's recovery time, I think a Dominic Reyes uh, fight for Anthony Smith is a good one. Um, it's a... I think it's a good test for Dominic Reyes, who's been out of the sport for a little bit now, to get his feet wet in the division. I think it's a good placement test for Anthony Smith, um, skill-wise and career-wise, to see where he's at. Uh, I I know I love Anthony Smith at being a UFC analyst. I I think he does great work on the, uh, you know, the UFC desk. But, um you know, he is getting older, you know, maybe a few more fights and maybe one more run at the, at the belt before calling it a career and, you know, focusing on becoming a full-time analyst for the UFC should be the the route that Anthony Smith goes from here, you know? So that is the, the main card, uh, breakdown for UFC 277. Um, I think I'm going to do the uh, prelims as well. I'm just going to run through these prelims real quick. Uh, you know, shout out some not- notable wins, some performances, some fights. Uh, Alex Morono, hold on. Okay, Alex Morono versus uh, Matthew Semmelsberger. Uh, Alex Morono had a fight through some adversity in this one, but I think uh, Semmelsberger had a trouble finding the range in this fight um i think he found it too late um he did hurt morono with the flying knee i think it was uh but i think when he had morono hurt he decided to clinch and then after the clinch he gave morono space to i don't know why but he didn't continue that pressure when morono was rocked after that knee and Morono recovered, you know, had a great showing, um, unanimous decision win from Alex Morono. I actually had Alex Morono winning this fight, even though he was the, he was the dog in this fight. Um, but yeah, uh, next fight, a performance of the night for Drew Dober versus, uh, uh, Rafael Alves. Uh, if you didn't already, um, I think Drew Dober's chin should be in like top 10 of the UFC right now. 
This man ate punches. This man ate strikes, heavy strikes from Alves. But Drew Dober fought through it and landed a nasty kick. Was it a kick? Yeah, I think it was a kick to the liver of uh, Alves to put him down in the third round. You know, Alves is very a very explosive fighter. Um, but there's something up with these Brazilians, like these Brazilians, like a Jose Aldo, like very explosive, um, great strikers, right? But they're they they're so explosive, but they don't keep in mind their the cardio and the the gas tank that may be emptying emptying a little too fast when they decide to explode, you know, so fast in the first rounds. But when the fights goes past the first round, you know, they got the second and third in the fourth, fifth or whatever, you know, they're, they don't have that same juice, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, they stop throwing with, uh, velocity and then their punches, they stop throwing so quick and heavy, you know, they, they start slowing down. And I think that's what happened with Rafael Alves. He, he emptied out his gas tank in the first round and the second and third, even though he ended the second round, strong he was so just relaxed and welcoming uh drew dober into a striking fest but you know alvis didn't have enough gas to throughout the same um throughout the same uh strikes but with power behind it so uh great win for drew dober uh happy he got the performance of the night as well this man keeps racking up these uh, performances of the nights, these bonuses. So, man's making money. Uh, next fight was Dantel Mays versus Hamdi. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. But uh, I think people were, like, really counting on uh, Hamdi, uh, Hamdi to uh, win this by wrestling uh, Mays, but... I think Hamdi uh, surprised a lot of people with how fast and how strong he is in the striking. And he looked like he's been striking for a long time. And, um, you know, I think Dontel Mays was a bit surprised in that first round. Uh, Mays getting touched up. Uh, Hamdi wasn't really showing his wrestling in that first round. It was basically an all stand-up fight. But Mays was uh, looking like he couldn't get anything off in this fight in the first round. Won the second round, of course. And, uh, you know, Hamdi even hurt. Hamdi only really fought with one eye from the second round and third round, but still pulled off the split decision win. Uh, I agreed with the decision. I actually had Dontel Mays to win this fight, but, yeah, he blew my parlay, so whatever. Uh, Next fight, Jakar Close uh, versus uh, Rafa Garcia. I I think if Rafa Garcia had a full camp for this fight. I think Rafa Garcia gets, gets this win easy. Uh, yeah, Jakar Close didn't impress me a lot in this fight. Um, I thought that this was going to be a bit of an easier one. I know Garcia is an animal, but um, I thought Close was going to show that there's a bit levels. You know, I thought he was going to win in more of a dominant fashion, but um, yeah, he didn't. And uh, I think Garcia wins this fight if they run it back with a full camp. Um, oh, next fight. 
this fight was the end of the early prelims. Uh, Michael Morales versus Adam Fugit. This was my probably my fight of the night, um, or one of them. But this is a great signing for the UFC. Adam Fugit making his UFC debut versus a uh, probably one of the best top ten prospects in the UFC, and that's Michael Morales. But man, Adam Fugit brought the fire to Morales. Uh, I thought Morales was dying out. I thought he was getting fatigued because Morales puts so much into his punches. Every strike is thrown with like 80% to 100% of power. I think he, if he just, you know, works his jab and sets things up with the jab leading, I think Morales could do a lot, a lot more, you know, impressive things on the feet instead of, uh, you know, kind of emptying his gas tank with every shot, trying to go for that haymaker knockout shot. But Adam Fugit got hit with some some punches from Morales, but Adam Fugit was not backing down from the guy. Fugit stuck around for, you know, until the third round, until he got TKO'd. But I, I think this is a great signing for the UFC and Adam Fugit. I think Fugit is going to... Uh, be a very exciting fighter to watch, and I can't wait to see uh, Adam Fugit in the in the near future. Um, I think he's going to be able. I think he's going to be problems for his next opponent. Um, I think from this fight, I went into this as a Morales fanboy, and then and then I left with like a lot more respect for Adam Fugit and more excited about Adam Fugit's uh, future in the UFC. So there's that. Uh, Morales gets the uh, third round TKO. Uh, Jocelyn Edwards gets an impressive. Okay, I shouldn't say impressive. A very frustrating split decision win over Jion Kim. Uh, I think this fight was a fight for their jobs. Um, I know it was a fight for Jion Kim's job because you're riding a losing streak. Um. I didn't know how big Jocelyn Edwards was until I saw her in this fight and Jiang Kim looks so small, like didn't even look like they're in the same weight class, but um, you know, anyways, uh, Jocelyn Edwards did what she needed to do to get this one over Kim and gets a split decision. Uh, 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 Nikolai Negameranu versus uh, Eeyore Poteria. Uh, this is a great fight for Nikolai, uh, you know, gets the finish in the second round, but really dominated this fighter. Uh, Nikolai d- dominated with his wrestling and, you know, missing in his striking with his wrestling. It was just too much for the UFC debut of Eeyore. Um, Yeah, the, you know, the 205 light heavyweight division has, you know, fresh faces as well. And Nikolai is making his name for himself out here. Uh, hopefully he gets put on, you know, higher in the prelims so pe- people can get, um, you know, more noticeable with it, with Nikolai Nigamiranu. So, and Blood Diamond drops another fight to Oren Kosi. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, Blood Diamond trains with uh, Izzy and has city kickboxing and all that. Um, you know, his takedown defense was a bit better, but uh, Kosi won this on the ground, I think. Um, 
Blood Diamond has a very awkward uh, head kick that he threw, but landed somehow, some way. It landed and it had um, Kosi in trouble at times. But um, but yeah, uh, that's the fight. I mean, that's the fight card, guys. That's the whole recap for UFC 277 full card recap. Uh, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena too. Um, you know when I get uh, another my co-host back, we will do. Um, we will be dropping recap videos um, Sundays, or they will be dropping on YouTube Mondays. And then, if there's a fight card next, the you know if there's a fight card coming up, then we'll drop a breakdown uh, video on Thursdays. So that will be the the schedule going forward. Recaps dropping Mondays, breakdowns dropping uh, Thursdays. So uh, I'm glad I, I can get this video out, guys. Uh, it's been a long time coming for the podcast to hit YouTube. And uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you guys. If you haven't already, go check out uh, the Keep It A Book podcast on Spotify. Um, anchor and you know podcast as well um so what the podcast is yes it's like half mma half ufc uh cards breakdowns whatever but the other half of the uh podcast is just me interviewing uh special people in my life or that i know to come share their stories and um you know i think these the people that are bring on are doing great things in their lives and i think their words can encourage people who need to hear the the positive stuff and maybe need some uplifting in their life. And um, yeah, there's definitely some great episodes on my podcast right now. Uh, For example, I had my brother DJ Chunk on. He's a DJ. Um, Had him tell his story becoming a DJ. I had my mother on as a good Mother's Day episode. I had my sister on who is a parent to my nephew who is uh who has autism. So she gives her experience of being, you know, a parent with a kid who's at, who has autism. Um, but many more, you know, many more. I, I even had my, uh, history teacher come on and talk about, uh, you know, teaching during the pandemic and stuff like that. So there's definitely amazing people that I have on the podcast and, there's going to be more coming on and, uh, you know, more amazing people coming on and yes, more UFC episodes dropping and, uh, just go check it out guys. I appreciate you guys even tuning in for this. So go check me out. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Keep it, keep it a buck podcast. Keep it a buck MMA. Keep it a book.